Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 53, volume 53, episode number fucking 53. Hey going guys, how's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. So this week our guest is John from Threat Signal and a Monolith, and that will be coming up later in the show. So let's kick things off with a little bit of feedback and questions, and we heard from Gavin through Facebook, and Gavin said, yo... I know I'm late to the episode, but thanks for having Matthew from My Children, My Bride on the show. They don't get a lot of love, so I'm glad you had him on. You have a new listener. Gavin, thank you for the feedback. Brother, first off, gotta say, I'm a massive My Children, My Bride fan as well, and I was stoked to be able to organize a chat with Matthew. Definitely a band that are underrated, and I think a lot of people don't even know about them, which is a criminal, criminal mistake. I hope people, now that they've heard this episode, go back and discover them. And I'm glad you're a fan of them as well. Also, dude, stoked that you liked what we delivered and stoked that you're now going to be a regular listener. Welcome to the Moshstone community, brother. And don't forget, there is 52 other episodes that you can find wherever you find your podcasts. Make sure you delve into them. Lots of guests, lots of stuff. And also, Gavin, don't forget, always hit us up with more feedback and any questions you have for the show. Always happy to take them. But Gavin, thank you for the feedback and welcome to the Mosh Zone community. The other thing that was going on this week is we got a lot of shares on social media for the Brian of Shadows Fall episode. Anyone that shared it, thank you very fucking much. And especially thank you to Brian of Shadows Fall that also shared it on his Twitter account. Got us quite a bit of listens, got us quite a few new followers. If you're one of those new followers, welcome. And I hope you enjoy everything we deliver. Now, guys, in this segment, normally there'd be a bit more, but this week seems to be in a bit quiet on the question and feedback. So this is the moment I'm going to remind you guys that you can get in touch, whether it's with feedback, whether it's with questions, or are there any recommendations of some guests you'd like on the show? Who do you want to hear? on this show let us know to get in touch you can do so through our email address which is themoshzone at gmail.com you can get in touch through the website which is www.themoshzone.com or you can get in touch through our social medias all of those are at the mosh zone and you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter so guys get in touch help us grow this mosh zone community it's that time of the show. It's now time for our Mosh interview. This week, I got to sit down with John from Threat Signal and a Monolith, and so glad I got the opportunity to have him on the show. Been following Threat Signal for quite some time now, and also really intrigued and excited about this new band he's in called a Monolith. It was a great chance to delve into all about those bands, but also about his upbringing and also about his social awareness that he is all about. Really great chat, and i got to say thank you, John, for coming on the show. means a lot, not only to me, but the Mosh Zone. Much love, much respect, much appreciated, dude. That chat with John is coming up now. Do you remember the artist or the band that kind of helped you notice music? It doesn't have to be a heavy band, but was there a band that you were like, ooh, music's a thing? <laughs> Fuck, what was I listening to? Well, my mom was a rocker, mm-hmm. you know, listening to Tragically Hip and, you know, Canadian bands. Um, but the first band that got me into playing guitar 
and wanting to be in a band and sing and play guitar, right? Um, was probably Nirvana. Ooh. You know, because I was I was a little grunge kid, and like, <laughs> like, like I didn't know how to play guitar. I took lessons, and I I couldn't pick it up, and I thought it was boring, and I couldn't play. Like I just sucked, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like and, like learning Mary had a little lamb and shit. I'm like fuck that. So I quit, <laughs> and then uh, then I found this band Nirvana, and I'm like, holy shit, this is this is easy. <laughs> like, it's so easy to play. I'm like, fuck, maybe I can be a rock star. <laughs> so, so Nirvana like, was the inwards to heavy, but what was the band that yeah. got you into real heavy music? Not to say Nirvana's not heavy, but I mean, that if you say to someone, oh fuck no, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but then I got into probably, I guess Metallica. Mm-hmm. You know, like Ride Lightning and all that shit from the 80s and that got me into kind of metal and then i got into pantera and then i started finding like the swedish metal shit you know like mushuga and soil work and that really pushed me into you know getting into the threat signal writing and shit like that now you mentioned guitar was hi dog hi dog hi dog oh that's adorable say what's up oh you're so studio cute. dog um so you were mentioning you were mentioning guitars. So, what age was it when you started playing around with guitars? Fuck, maybe must have been maybe like ninety six or something. Mm-hmm. So, how old was I? Maybe fourteen or fifteen or something. So I would like draw pictures of custom guitars I wanted and shit. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> I started learning on my mom's acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. you know, and then I got like a Les Paul kind of copy kind of guitar and I started playing on that. And then my first like real guitar was probably a Gibson SG, Ooh. you know, I, I saved for a while for that and had some help buying it. Yeah, I still have it. Yeah, I got a bunch of guitars here. Ooh, nice. Yeah. That was probably my first real guitar. Wow. Gibson. Um, and all these other ones I actually built. <laughs> yes, because that's something you do now. Yeah, man. So this is my recent one I built. Ooh. It's like a Paul Reed Smith. Yeah, it's like a semi-hollow. It's pretty fucking cool. It's got body binding. That's a sexy look to it's it like, as well. It's pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, right? And then I made like a metal-style Telecaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like metaled out. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, yeah, I got lots of guitars. <laughs> so you mentioned, you know, you were like, oh, well, I'm not going to do guitar. So oh, why yeah. vocals? Was it just like, oh, well, it's easy to do? I mean, it's yeah. not easy to do, but you know what I mean? Like, well, fuck no. no, like it, I was in, I guess, in high school and I started a band in maybe 97 or 98. And we were trying out vocalists. So I'm playing guitar and then trying out vocalists. And um, I just found like nobody could really pull it off. And I wasn't happy with anybody. And then I just said like, fuck it. You know, like I was the most nervous fucking kid ever, you know, but I I jumped on the mic and, you know, I sounded like fucking shit, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it was just horrible. But I just kept pushing and trying, you know, and like, I don't know, people would like 
hear me screaming and singing in the basement. Like, what is wrong with that fucking kid? You know, like, <laughs> like it's horrible. But years of being persistent, you know, so I started playing guitar and singing at the same time mm. for my first bands, you know. And then as things started getting more technical, I just started putting down the guitar more, you know, maybe doing more writing. And then I couldn't keep up. You know, because I'm like, I'm an awesome like rhythm player, but I can't play the threat signal fucking bends and slides and craziness <laughs> while doing the crazy vocals. You know, it's just like, it's that coordination much. is intense. Um, yeah. So, and I'd rather run around like a fucking crazy person on stage anyway, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, so, what about in high school? You know, so you've got all this band stuff going on in high school. Were you um, an alternative kid or were you kind of like mixed with everyone? I was kind of mixed with everyone and like I kept to myself, kept pretty chill, go to school, get it over with, come home, work on music. You so know, I wasn't music was always a career. Music was always the career you yeah. wanted. Yeah, it's just just all I wanted to do. I was the little rocker kid, man. I had like long hair and I like hid behind my hair and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I turned it into fucking dreads. <laughs> like I was like this little like grunge kid, you know. <laughs> what was the um, family reaction when you were like, "Well, this is what I want to do"? Were they hesitant? Not really. They're supportive. Oh. It was basically my mom I live with, right? Mm. So she thought it was cool. You know, she would help me, uh, just help me out. <laughs> like even like some of the threat signal shows, she would come out and help sell merch. <laughs> <Like that. laughs> you know? She's traveled to see us, like in. Vegas and Greece, you know, it just gives her an excuse to to go on a little trip, you know, to come check us out. Now, when when you started vocals, who were were your inspirations or who were you wanting to emulate? Because a lot of people won't admit Mm. when they first start out doing vocals, they're like, I want to sound like that guy. So who were you? Yeah, you're influenced, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was pretty hard into Pantera when I started screaming, you know, that kind of like, especially like the higher screams that he does, mm-hmm. you know, like, how the fuck do you do that, man? So I was just <laughs> practice in my car, you know, <laughs> people looking at me, I'm just, ah! <laughs> you know, so Phil, yeah, Phil was a big inspiration and then speed from soil work. Oh yeah. You know, like the, just going back from the you know, the melodies to the screaming back and forth, you know, that was a huge inspiration. So was that something say those were my, but did that two, take yeah. a while for you to achieve? Because you were saying when you were learning, it couldn't have, couldn't have been easy to learn not only the way to manipulate your voice to scream, but then be able to switch it automatically. Mm-hmm. Was there a lot of trial and error? Oh, fuck. Yeah, man. Like <laughs> I, I kind of basically taught myself, and I've, I've always been into like recording music, you know, even back in the nineties, I would have like little four track recorders, you know, fucking even like the fucking ghetto blaster or boombox thing recording on tape, you know, but I would always record myself and listen to myself back, you know, cause in my head, I'm like, fuck, I sound awesome. You know? And then I listen back it's like, wow, that's fucking sucks. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> it's just a back and forth file and error, you know, it's like, how do I sound like these guys? Like they sound so fucking good, like so pro, but it's just 
recording myself and beating beating myself up and shaping my voice and trying different techniques and years and years of just practice. Did you, you know, ever lose I your prob- voice? Probably could have saved some time taking some lessons, you know. But <laughs> could, have, could have made it easier on yourself. <laughs> did you um? Did you ever lose your voice in the start when you were trialing and erring? Yeah. Yeah. Totally, man. Because like, you, you realize it's like you don't have to push so hard, you know, mm. like you're hurting yourself. You know, you have to find a, a balance. You know, it's still loud, but it's more of control and technique. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, definitely lose my voice a bunch trying to figure it out. And then, fuck, I'll still lose my voice sometimes if I'm at the bar yelling or something. But <laughs> <laughs> So don't do that. <laughs> now, you mentioned that you're in a few high school bands or, you know, early band. And then Threat, threat Signal <coughs> kind of started coming into a phase in 2003-ish. Yeah, because... Yeah, but I had my high school bands from like 97 or 98 up until maybe 2001. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of took a break for two years, went to college. I don't know why I didn't graduate. I dropped, I dropped out <laughs> of college cause I started threat signal and then we got a tour, you know, I'm like, fuck yeah, fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> you know, like, like, I'm going to be a rock star. I got signed to nuclear blast, man. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, Threat Signals started when I was in college. It was just me and my cousin and uh, my friend Kyle. Like, I'd come home from school, and we would just write and record stuff. You know, we, were, we weren't even sure if we were going to start a band. Like, we were, like, programming drums and just laying down the guitars and the bass and the vocals. I did all the early demo recordings on, like, this crappy PC setup. And, yeah, we, we just put some stuff online, you know, back in 2004. Mm. And yeah, I guess we did something different that people weren't hearing over here, you know, because we took a lot of influence from the, the Swedish scene, you know, and combined it with some like American style metal, you know, like Lamb, like or Pantera influence, Lamb of God, shit like that. Well, um, it did that. that... And then people just started flipping, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I remember because I think that was around, yeah. I think that was around the MySpace days, and you guys were appearing, suddenly there was just. I think it was one song. I think it was Rational Eyes, wasn't it? I think it was. It started. Rational Eyes, like the, yeah, that's the one that started. Because we put our stuff on a, like demos on a site called GarageBand.com. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it was like thousands and thousands of bands, like in the metal, you know, you, like the metal genre or whatever. People would go on and rate the songs. And then our song just kept getting going up and up and up and we reached number one on that site so that prompted nuclear blast to take notice and they just hit us with a record deal you know you know they contacted us we just threw our stuff online you know like we're like holy fuck it's like maybe we should find a drummer then you know (laughs) like maybe make a full band (laughs) how are we gonna play a show we don't we don't have a band (laughs) yeah because you guys hadn't played a show at that stage no, like, wow. we got a record deal before we played a show, just because the internet, you know. And then a couple um, songs online. Yeah. You guys linked up with Nuclear Blast, which um, for under reprisal, and that gave you that album was really pushed, like heavily pushed. Oh yeah, um, yeah, they they pushed hard on that one, man. Yeah, and you had the link up with Christian from Fear Factory. 
Yeah, yeah, that was fucking cool. How'd that you know, come about? We, we shared the same photographer, and he lived in Toronto. Mm. So he did our photos, um, and I guess he knew Christian, right? And I handed off our demo to Christian, you know, a little, little four-song, five-song demo. And then, uh, yeah, so he got me my number. Christian called me at my house. Like, I pick up the phone. He's like, hey, this is Christian from Fear Factory. I'm like a huge Fear Factory fan, right? Mm. I'm like, fuck off. You know, click, <laughs> hang up. <laughs> Calls back, you know, like, no, it's Christian from Fear Factory. I'm like, no way. I'm like jumping up and down. <laughs> He's like, I love your demo. You know, you want to make a record? I'm like, fuck yeah. Fuck. Flies us down to L.A. and fuck we're just like living the dream hang out in la for five weeks and record the first album with christian yeah that was fucking cool was he very helpful and influential in helping shape the first album or is he very standoffish and let you do what you do um like for songwriting like for the music like we had already beat the shit out of the songs and really put the production into the songs and wrote them you know very well so he focused more on uh, just honing my voice and teaching me to be a better singer, you know, telling me to push different ways and try different things, and sing like this or add these harmonies. And, you know, we wrote a couple little things together that way, mm-hmm. you know, but um, like the music was already done. So, you know, he just made it sound really cool because he had some killer gear, you know. I think back then we, we used like the, the dime bag crank amps, you know, yeah. <laughs> on the yeah, we got him to sound pretty good, <coughs> and we had like a fucking subwoofer <laughs> hooked up to the guitars. <laughs> it, was a, it was a cool setup. Now that that album kind of like we were saying, it was pushed heavily, but it also um, was really well received. You guys became. It, it felt like in a blink of an eye, if you said to anyone around 2006, "Have you heard the this band Threat Signal?" If they hadn't heard it, they knew the name. You guys, out of nowhere, yeah. became kind of a name. What was it like being in the band at the time? Was there a lot of pressure and expectation, or was it just taking it as it comes? It was fucking just exciting. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, my God. It's like, this is happening. You know, like, we're playing, like, I think our very first show, you know, we had so much hype behind the band. Our first show was sold out, line up down the street in this club. It like had like three hundred people, three hundred fifty people. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know, it's just like this threat signal craze. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then you know, nuclear blast picks us up, and then we go from playing in clubs, and then we go play fucking what was it Earthshaker Fest or something? You know, play in front of like thousands and thousands of people. I'm just like. Jeez. What? <laughs> you know, like, you know. <clears throat> One second, I want to, because they they made these shopping bags. Yeah, here's one. <laughs> so we're we're over at this festival in 2006, and then everyone like buying stuff. They would get this bag. What? You know? <laughs> so everyone buying shit was like walking around with this bag. You know? So that was the ba- that was like the shopping bag that they got given to carry their stuff. Yeah, in. the shopping bag. So it had fucking scar symmetry on the one side. Great album. And then like threat signal, threat signal on the other. Epic. So, ah. Thousands of bags. So that, that, I thought that was really cool. That just shows <laughs> the kind of like promotion and push you were getting. Like that's insane. Yeah. 
Yeah, because wow. the, the owner of Blast um, just fucking loved the band, right? Mm. He flew me over for a week just to hang out at Nuclear Blast headquarters and like do interviews and go to shows and hang out. You know, he just that's the first time I went to Europe. He flew, just flew me over. Just to hang you know, out. He's like, I fucking love flying. Yeah, just to hang out and do some interviews and shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm like fucking alone in Germany. I'm just like, whoa, my God. <laughs> in this big pinball room and like endless beer. And, you know, it's just like this magical land. You know? <laughs> so, so what, I mean, the, then it, then there was a lot of things going on because you've got all this attention, all this hype. You go into the next album and that's a couple oh. of years later, and you're now the only founding member. Is, <laughs> is, is Do you think there was a yeah. bit too much pressure and expectation? Was it all a bit too much at once? I mean... I think for some people, yeah, it was, mm. you know? Because even before our first tour, like we had the Soil Work tour lined up in 2006, and my cousin, Rich, just quit you know we played the festival we came home i'm like on this big high i'm like oh my god and then we got the tour of soil we're coming up and he's like yeah i'm leaving the band i'm like what you know like it was devastating i'm like what the fuck do i do you know Jeez. and then we do yeah we do the soil work tour you know got another guy got pat then and then um yeah after that things just started falling apart people just i guess they didn't really realize what the life was you know, they thought they wanted it, but then they didn't. Yeah, the, so. the pressure of actually being in a band and what you have to do is a lot different than what you see from the outside. Yeah. I know Kyle was, like, when Rich left, it was like, Kyle was left alone as the one of the primary songwriters. Mm -hmm. And he, like, felt a lot of pressure to to put out another under reprisal. Mm -hmm. I think that got, got to him, and then the touring got to him, and... Everyone just bailed, man. So it was just me and my bass player, Pat, you know, just like sitting together like, the fuck do we do? Like, how do we even make music? You know, and like, I think he fucking took up smoking like that day. He was so fucking stressed, shaking. <laughs> I'm like, we got to figure this out, man. And then, uh, yeah, and then we found Travis. Yeah, back in 2007, we found Travis. So I guess Travis, he, he first tried out for the band and he was like 17. I'm like, this, this guy's like too young, man. Like he shreds, he's too young. So I think I first said no, you know, but then he tried out again and he was just nailing everything. I'm like, fuck it. You know, let's, let's try him out. So he flew up here with his dad, you know, 17 years old. <laughs> and then I shot the shit with his dad for a while about Meshuggah and all, the, all these bands. His dad was cool shit. Well, yeah, I think Travis joined when he was 17, and he turned 18 when we were on the road out in Winnipeg, and he bought his first case of beer. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We filmed it, so. <laughs> but that's when the that's when the band started to pick it up again. Travis gave us hope, you know. And then Adam, yeah. So I wrote the record with Adam and bit with Trav. Yeah, things started moving again. How was it? How was that? album for you through that process because are you are you questioning whether you should do this because if everyone's dropping like flies i mean no. yeah is there the worry you're not gonna keep this momentum yeah it was it was a thought i'm like 
I had that thought of just giving up, but mm. fuck, I didn't fucking want to. You yeah. know, like I wasn't done yet. You know, I'm still not done yet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, it's take more than that to stop me, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and was that was that album though? Felt like it wasn't pushed as much. Was was the label still behind you guys at this stage? Um, I know when they first started hearing the demos and stuff, they weren't really into it, uh. you know, and I was like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, they didn't push it as much as they did under reprisal, you know, but, and then I'm like, okay, this song through my eyes. I'm like, that's a great single. Mm. You know, we got to make a video for this, you know, this is going to do well. You know, they're like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I pushed for that and made that happen and it did really well, you know, that song. You know, but the whole writing process of that album was fucking super fun, mm. you know, because I got this group of guys back together and we just wanted to have fun. You know, it was like the band morale was really high because it was just shit before. Mm. Everyone was just complaining and leaving and it was just fucking sucked, you know. So now we got a, a group of guys who actually want to do it. And, so and it was just really fun times writing and recording and touring. But, but then... Then the momentum shifts again. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? It's like... I know, it's like, is this John an asshole or what? <laughs> no, no, it's not even that. You, all you think, you go, fuck, man, surely at some stage you got to go, luck's not on my side here. Because you get all that, mo- that momentum again and then people start leaving again. And you're just going, what, am I just a shitty picker at people or what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like fuck. I thought I knew you guys, man. <laughs> you know? But everyone leaves for different reasons, or you know, it's just all different reasons, you know. But then I had to reform the part of the band again, you know, for the self-titled. Getting, uh, yeah, that's self-titled. So that's when I got uh, Alex Rudinger. Mm. Found him online. You know, that was a pretty sweet find. You know, <laughs> fuck, he's a killer drummer. So, and then Chris Feener. Um, I think that lineup, I don't know, it just felt like the tightest mm. fucking lineup we had in a long time. You know, just something about all those guys, just holy fuck. You know, that's why that album's so fucking technical and intense, you know, because Alex, Chris, and Travis wrote it, you know, and those guys are just fucking insane. You know? Yeah, that album, that album feels like it is just a different level. Like, it's just that. Yeah. Faster, that harder. It, it's still threat signal, yeah. but to turned up to eleven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, th- I think that's what we we're all pushing for. It's like let's just fucking mess shit up. Let's kill this, you know. But that yeah. album again felt like nobody at Nuclear Blast even. That was 2011, so the industry starting to change. You know, things. Are it was changing, different. yeah, and there was a lot of bands like. Had, I guess they start. They called it. Started calling it gent, like the bouncy kind of shit, and you know, like and all these bands started doing similar styles and just started getting flooded with shit like that. You know, I don't know if we just got lost in the mix or or what. You know, but we we got to tour with Children of Bodom. Nuclear Blast hooked that up, so that was probably probably our biggest tour we've ever done. You know throughout the US with Bodum. But it felt it so, felt like unless you knew about Threat Signal, you wouldn't have had your ears to the ground that the album even came out. Yeah. Like Yeah, that is true. And fans would get so mad, you know, it's like you guys should be bigger than you are. Fucking nobody even knows about you anymore. 
Like, and I've had people who's like, did you break up? Are you still a band? I'm like, fuck, we just put out a record, man. <laughs> like, <clears throat> so, yeah, I don't know, man. I just write music and I should have probably should have been a better businessman, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, but you've, I think part of it is that you've learned as you've gone along the way because there's no real guide to how it's supposed to go. And well, it's all trial and error and yeah. ups and downs. Left and right, no, you got beat up. <laughs> but but the thing is, you're still on your feet. You're still doing music, and you're still involved in music now. Hell yeah! Before we wrap up the threat signal kind of stuff, there was that period where it well, it looked like you disappeared. Like you guys just kind of. Now I know that there was label issues and management issues, so I don't know how much you can say or can't say, but. You guys like, just yeah, disappeared. Yeah, I got fucking sued. I already got threatened. To, they were fucking threatening to sue me and shit. Yeah. Saying I was talking too much smack, you know? <laughs> well, that's <laughs> the thing. Like, so, fuck, man. what can you say? Put, what happened? I just want to put up the record. <laughs> yeah, because you guys have been sitting on <laughs> well, it for quite a while. Well, we wrote the fourth record. Yeah, we, we wrote the fourth record in, like, fucking 2014, mm. you know? And we were ready to record in 2014. You know, but oh man, Ugh. <laughs> so they... uh, the whole the whole big thing with our management, and uh, they told us Nuclear Blast didn't want us anymore, and I don't know, I don't know how much I can say without getting in shit. <laughs> well, like, like, uh, from... It's just a lot of lies and shit. I don't know, man. Well, basically, from what <laughs> I can a confusing time. Yeah, from what I can gather, it obviously there might have been an issue with you being allowed to release the album because it didn't get released until 2017. Now, I know we've I finally recorded it. Like I I produced the record, like me and Travis produced the record and worked on that. We recorded it together and we had it done in 2015. I think in like May or something. Mm. I don't know. We had it done early 2015, ready to go, but. Nothing could get worked out on the, you know, the the business side and the label side, and just nothing was getting worked out. So anytime I would speak up, it's like, oh, keep waiting, just wait, just wait, just wait. And I end up waiting years. I don't know why. I'm not allowed to fire anyone, or else I get sued. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, it's just, <laughs> I don't know, man. So you finally get it out, 2017, disconnect, and that one shocked a lot of people because. It had been so quiet for... I mean, you guys have been playing shows here and there, I think. I believe you did, did like, a European tour and stuff, but it had been pretty quiet. Yeah, we would jump... Yeah, we would jump out and do tours when we could, you know, because, like, it's it's hard to make money in this business, right? So we would tour when it made sense. You Mm. know, it's... If we could grab a tour and the money would make sense and if everyone was free, you know, because everybody works their jobs and does their thing. You know, we'll get together once in a while and play. You know, and and how did, how did it how did the album go reception wise? Because it everyone I know a lot of people that were, are fans of Threat Signal suddenly everyone's like, holy shit, there's a new album because it's, it's just <laughs> out of nowhere. Everyone's like, new album, new album, new album. Get on it, get on it. Um, so how did it go for you yeah. guys reception wise? Yeah. Oh man, that's I fucking love that album. You know, like I put a lot of lot of work into that one. And you can tell, man, it's like a roller coaster of a ride, you know, just it's a fucking journey, you know, but everyone 
I didn't really get much bad feedback. You know, mm. all, everybody fucking loved it, which was great. I knew they'd love it, man. Like, I loved it. <laughs> I didn't care if they did or not. Because <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and so, yeah. what what is the future for <sighs> the band now? Is, you know, is it going to th- be a thing now with Threat Signal that you guys will do music when it's ready, you'll tour when it's appropriate, or, or what? Yeah, um, well, I'm busy with, uh, like, Amalith, and Travis has his new band, Kill the Lights, um, so we're just kind of doing our thing for now, you know, like, my main focus right now is a monolith, mm. and getting that, getting that done, you know, because we, we toured Threat Signal last year, and, well, there was a lot of management issues, and financial issues, and government stealing all my money issues, yeah. <laughs> So I just kind of taking a little break right now, focusing on some other things, letting the dust settle and shit. <clears throat> but like, if a, a tour comes along, definitely we're gonna talk about it and try to make it work, right? Nice. That's what we want to yeah. hear. That's so, what... Yeah, because I I never give up. Like I, the threat signal will fucking die with me, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're the only founding member left, so kind of it it says it in yeah, itself, right. doesn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want I want to hear someone else try to sing those fucking vocals, man. <laughs> it's, it's not easy. <laughs> now, um, there was a interesting band you did in 2008. Now, I never can pronounce it right, but you did it with Raymond and Christian. Um, oh, Archaea. Yeah. Archaea. Um, how did that come about? And why only one album? Was it just like a fun thing to do at the time? Basically, threats. I think at the time in 2008, Threat Signal was going through more member changes again. So that was kind of frustrating. And then Fear Factory had their problems, right? Mm. So Christian called me up and he's like, hey, man, so what's Threat Signal doing? I'm like, fucking nothing <laughs> i'm like what's what's fear factory doing he's like fucking nothing <laughs> it's just everything's a mess so we're just like you want to start a band i'm like okay <laughs> so we just started writing songs together you know because we've been friends since you know back in 2005 mm. you know he did the record in 2006 so like let's start a band Fuck. so i went out to la a couple times and started writing with him and yeah got raymond on drums and Brought Pat in on bass. It was just a fun project, you know. We did, we only did the one tour and put out one record. Um, it just kind of fizzled out, I guess. You know, we did the record, had fun, and then everyone started doing their other things again. You know, Threat Signal started picking up again, and you know, and we always talked about uh, you know getting back into it and, and writing more. I had some songs that I was writing, and he was writing a bit, but you know, it just never ended up happening. So maybe well, one day it'll it'll happen again. You know, just I like to leave things open, you know? I don't like to be like, this is fucking done, you yeah. know? <laughs> well, I mean, if anyone anyone listening, if you haven't heard the album, it's Years in Darkness, and it, it, it is fun. Mm. It is actually, it's just, it like you said, you can hear that you guys are having fun on that one. Not to say that you don't have fun yeah. when you do any others, but you can hear it in that. Yeah. Now... You can, yeah. yeah. Now, the latest one that has recent it's been going on for a while now on social medias people will have spotted it there's been photos there's been logos but finally a single was released and the single's called hollow mm-hmm. was now how do you, do you say a monolith is that how you pronounce it yeah a monolith yeah 
basically we had we had the name monolith and Mm -hmm. then ryan's like let's just throw an eye in front of it it's like a monolith you know it just sounds really powerful right yeah i'm like that's not even a word i'm like yeah it is now it's like fucking now it's our band you know (laughs) Monolith. (laughs) just sounds big right (laughs) now it's been kind of touted as a bit of a super group because it's got a who's who in the lineup you know and it really feels like a bunch of talented musicians have come together um you seem like the puppy Mm. of the group though like you do you seem like the youngest (laughs) yeah i guess i'm the younger guy and you know (laughs) i don't even think they knew who threat signal was until my name came up you know (laughs) it's like who's this singer you know um a photographer Neil M. Sang uh, brought it up to Ryan's, like, because they're looking for a vocalist. And like, well, have you heard John from Threat Signal? He's like, no. And then uh, I guess they already they were already working with Byron at the time, and Byron's like, oh yeah, I know John from Threat Signal. So Byron hit me up and said, you want to try out for uh, this new project with the Devin Townsend guys? You know, Devin Townsend guys and Byron. I'm like, holy shit! You know, mm-hmm. that would be fucking rad. You know, so they sent me some demos, and I just. Like I sent a song back in, in like a day or two. I'm like, I jumped right on it because I have my own studio here, right? So I can record my own vocals. So I, and they're like, holy shit, you finished the song already? And like, they kept throwing shit at me, throwing more stuff at me. And I'm like, bam, 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 you know, <laughs> just killing it. So uh, they just, uh, they picked me. So <laughs> when I got that phone call, like you're in the band, I'm like, I was jumping around like a fucking schoolgirl, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it it's really works. And I think the other thing about it is you guys are taking your time with what you're doing. It's seems like you guys are being very smart with how the industry is today, with the way social media is. You guys have really worked building yeah. a profile. Is that something you're very conscious about in twenty nineteen? Um big time. Big time. We talk about everything and plan everything. And, you know, and, and a lot of it is like Ryan and uh, Byron does some shit too, but Ryan's the very active on social media. And we've, we work with like, you know, different people and just plan all these, plan all our moves. You know, we, Ryan uh, found all our uh, PR guys. He picked every guy out, you know, each company. Like it's very precise and well thought out. I'm like, mm. I learned a lot of stuff from that. You know, I'm like, so he's working every day on it. You know, we're all working every day on every, like every day. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's exciting, you know, cause we just put out that new single and it seems to be going pretty well. You know, that's one of our more like kind of catchy songs, mm-hmm. you know, but we have some fucking heavy ass shit coming, you know, <laughs> I'm not surprised, so man. Like, they will be, you look be at that play. lineup, like. I'm expecting I'm expecting some blisteringly heavy shit coming out of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some like like over 200 BPM kicks and shit. You know, mm. Ryan Ryan's going off. So, but a lot of it's just like fucking just just heavy ass catchy riffs. It's like just stuff that would be really fun to play live and uh, trans translate well live. And just you can't help but not bang your head, you know. And so. speaking of live, you are <laughs> playing some shows soon. Yeah, we got uh, our first show is in uh, Vancouver. Was it uh, February twenty third? So that's kind of cool. So I'm flying out there soon, and then we have uh, a show in Calgary and a show in Edmonton. Mm. So we're just doing some kind of warm up shows because we've never played a show yet, mm. you know. And we've only rehearsed. Well, I've only been there rehearsing a couple times, 
you know, those guys play all the time together, you know, because they all live in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. But I live on the other side of the country. So, yeah, man, it'd be nice to get together and play some shows. Now, what about with an album or an EP or whatever you guys are possibly releasing? You know, obviously you've been working on things for a while. You've got your studio. Is it there's something already ready and it's going to come out soon and we'll know soon? Or is it just still in development? Well, I can tell you right now, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. We've we've been writing over the past year. Like they've had songs. They've been. I guess they started writing maybe two years ago. You know, because they always had this feeling like, how long's Devin Townsend project going to last? Mm-hmm. You know, Devin Devin might want to go do something else. You know, and that's I guess that's what what happened. So we put together with vocals. We probably had about fifteen songs done. And uh, we already have recording booked in uh, Vancouver. So we're dumping in there in, in March. Ooh. Like right after we play those shows. Yeah. As soon as we finish those shows, we're going right in the studio. Fuck yeah. So we'll be, in, yeah, we'll be in there for like good three, four weeks. So, so it, that's fucking, you, that, it's exciting. That is very, so I'm, I'm, that what that means. That maybe means mid, mid year we might see something. Yeah. We we're wanting to put it out in the summer, right? Yeah. So that's the plan. We want to get on this, you know, get the record done, get it out, get touring as soon as possible, you know, even be touring more in the summer. You know, we just we want to make this our full time gig right now, you know, really push this album. Well, I think uh, I think something like we touched on with the social media, you guys are all experienced in the industry, have all dabbled and you know seen the good and yeah. the bad. So I think you guys are going to be more focused with the right things to do. And that's part, like we said yeah. earlier, you've got to make those mistakes. You've got to learn as you go. Exactly. It's all a big learning process. You know, you'll have the, the best and worst times of your life, you know, <laughs> going on the road. <laughs> you know? well, can't have the ups without the downs, I guess, but we, yeah, we're, uh, we're very prepared and very hungry you know those guys have toured the whole like whole world mm. you know they they've made it you know and now they want to make it again so i don't think any one of those guys is going to quit on me you know no. <laughs> yeah. no now wanted to ask a question about um you know you're someone who's seen the you've seen the scene and the industry from like when CDs were still a thing um and when social media uh-huh. wasn't really a thing where do you see the industry nowadays? Do you think it's still a kind of figuring it out stage or do you think the power is shifting? Where do you see the industry? Well, you're definitely not making money off of your music, you know, like selling anything. You know, that's a thing of the past, you know, and when that was happening, it's like you just have to go with it. You know, you can't complain about it and complain about not making any money through your music. You just have to go where the the technology is going where the industry is going, you know? So like, what are you going to do? At least people are listening to it. That's Mm -hmm. fucking cool. Mm -hmm. You know, but you make your money going on the road, you know, there's no money in album sales. So get on the road and sell some shit there, you know? And another thing that is, do you think nowadays it's harder to keep people's attention than it used to be? I think attention span is going down, you know? (laughs) Well, just we're on our phones 24-7 and, you know, if there's not an explosion within the first second, you know, you're <laughs> you're bored, you know. 
It's also so, that thing now. If if you haven't if you haven't released a music video or a song in three months, suddenly they'll find a band from Poland instead. Exactly. You know, you got to stay on top of it. You got to keep releasing stuff. You know, that's why a lot of bands are just popping singles out. You know, maybe even between albums, put out some singles. Like we plan to do more videos as well. You know, mm-hmm. we're gonna do another video shoot in in March. You know, because we you need the visuals. Mm. You know. You can't just put out a song and not have visuals. You gotta have something. You know. Now, just gotta keep attention. So it's. Oh, I'm really excited for what this a monolith does, man. Um, I gotta, yeah. gotta say, I, I love this hollow. Love it because it's. You know, you can see it's the lighter side of of what the band can do. So I'm really excited to see what the heavy side of the band. Can do. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, man, it's gonna be cool. Uh, we got we got some uh, surprises. So <laughs> now, um. Two other things I want to talk about before I talk about how you're socially aware is one thing is your studio and recording. And when did you yeah. when did you start doing it? And um, why did you start doing it? Was it the fact that you know you can have power over what you do? Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I really back, you know, in my first bands, you know, just I've always been into recording when I was just starting music always wanted to record myself you know and like i just set up what i didn't know what i was doing back then. i just set up one mic and record the drums you know like but i was always into it and then uh it was always just to record my own shit like my own band my own stuff um like i i think yeah in the late 90s i went into a studio we went in there and tracked four songs in a couple hours and then it was mixed and done by the end of the day you know, I'm like, they didn't give a shit, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't put time into it. They didn't try. So I'm like, fuck, I could do a better job myself. You know, I'll put the love into it that it deserves, you know? So, and then, yeah. And I really got hard into it with threat signal, you know, recording those demos. And then when I worked with Christian, that was really inspiring. Cause he had his own studio set up and seeing all that and him doing his thing. I learned so much. You know, and that's when I started really buying gear and getting my studio going. But I don't think I started tracking any other bands until fuck maybe 2010 or something. You know, I just all I just did it for my own music. You know, but then I'm like, well, fuck, maybe I should open my doors to other bands and help other bands out. You know, why not? So, and that's been going really well, man. I've been busy with that ever since. So and I'm, I just keep getting better and better and better. My mixes are getting better, you know. But so it's, it's just all about the ear and you know the passion. So yeah, and it's you can you can see it in the stuff that you post, and you know you're always busy in there, and it seems like you never sleep. You know. I know I'm pretty tired right now. <laughs> <laughs> I still got to rehearse after this, and then I have another guy coming. We got to write some stuff. And- you just, yeah, you I'm just, looking forward to bed in you never, like six you never, hours. <laughs> you never stop. You never stop. Um, <laughs> now, you're vegan. Um, I'm trying to get vegan. You know, okay. I've been vegetarian for a couple years. Mm. Um, but I'll still slip up and like eat cheese once in a while and stuff. But you can see I'm pretty passionate about animals. and Yeah, I love it. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll post some videos of stuff that piss people off, you know, but that's where your meat comes from, man. You mm. need to know, you know, like I never knew all this stuff, like until the internet. I was never told, like you're not, 
as a kid, you're not told this is a fucking slaughtered animal, and you're just they just put it in front of you, and here you go eat it. It's, I don't know what I was eating. It's hard, <laughs> it, and, and I think also what's horrible is that even if even now that this information is available, it's still ignored. Exactly. People are just ignorant. They don't. They don't want to hear it. You know, and you know, it was kind of hard stopping at first. Like at first, I stopped with red meat. You know, like, and it just started disgusting me. So I would just eat some chicken and fish. You know, and then I looked more into the chickens, and like, that started disgusting me. You know, and then they put all these fucking like chemicals and shit in your food, and you don't know what the hell's in there, man. You know, the, I gotta get into like. Fucking growing my own food, you know. <laughs> it, it's quite horrific. It's, it's quite horrific what what is in there now. The, the, the what made you first open your eyes? Was it a documentary? Was it something you read? You know what it was. Um, like I never owned my own dog before, mm-hmm. and then I, I adopted. You know, like it was like a rescue. I I got this dog it was like little louis like this little french bulldog and then i'm like i think the last yeah i was eating this piece of meat and then looking at my dog and i'm just like i felt so horrible and i'm like and then i started thinking about all their cultures i'm like what's different between this piece of pork or this bacon than a dog you know because some cultures think eating pork is wrong but eating dog is right mm. you know what i mean so it's just this cultural thing. That's what you're brainwashed and conditioned to fucking think, you know? So I'm like, I don't want to eat my dog. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I just felt really bad. And then I started looking up factory farming and what's in the meat and what's in all this stuff. And like, I'm a fucking, like I go to the grocery store. It's like hard to find anything. Cause I just reading all the labels. I'm like, Nope, Nope, Nope. Yeah. It you becomes know? like that. It's all about the fresh, you gotta get, you gotta go plant-based, you know? Like, even if you're vegan, it doesn't mean you're healthy. You know, you could eat deep-fried french fries all day, you know? Well, I mean, Oreos are, I mean, that's a, another thing, you know? A lot of vegans are like, oh, I just eat Oreos. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I, just, <laughs> I know. I, I, those disgust me. There's a lot of crap in those, too. But I don't it, eat that shit. I think if someone's just eating <laughs> that, it defeats the purpose, doesn't it? It's just kind of like, well. It does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff face full of dark chocolate and <laughs> cookies. And- <laughs> but I'm not eating meat. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm saving the world. Yeah. <laughs> now, the uh, other- it's it's good for your body, your mind, and everything. Now, the other thing that if anyone follows you on social media is you're very socially aware. You post things that make people stand up and listen i'm guessing you must i love the i love that you say that it pisses people off and obviously they're the people that it's intended for sometimes um <laughs> exactly yeah why because they, they they automatically kind of defend their belief system you know like yeah. they instantly get mad you know defensive you know you can't really have a fucking comment if you haven't researched it you know what i mean like even if you don't agree with it like fucking research it you know you know, everyone's just brought up a certain way and you're taught a certain history and a turn you're you're taught these things and you're fucking indoctrination fucking school center fucking bullshit. You know, like <laughs> your whole life could be a fucking lie and you don't even know it because you haven't even looked into it yourself. You know, you got this fucking computer in your hand in your pocket all day and what you just look at pictures of fucking cats. You know, you could be <laughs> researching a ton of shit. <laughs> well, I think I think that's also part of what is that the sense of um, debate 
and discussion is no longer around like you're posting something and then mm. if someone's just going, Oh, fuck you well, if you don't if you don't <laughs> yeah. agree with it, discuss with me. Don't get on a box and start abusing me. Discuss yeah. it. Because we if we yeah. have an open discussion we can probably both learn something. Yeah, have a discussion. Like, mm. I think a couple of days ago, I, I posted a meme. It was about fear, like how all this stuff is based on fear. And one of what things said, how religion is based on fear about, you know, obey God or you go to hell. You know, that's a touchy subject for a lot of people, right? Mm. So this guy messaged me. He's like, no, you're wrong. I'm like, well, <laughs> there's a lot of God-fearing individuals. Like, isn't it about, like, you don't want to go to hell. You're scared to go to hell. It's like, it's kind of fear-based, you know? And then I'm like, well, what about Santa Claus? You know, you got to be a good boy. Or you're not yeah. going to get any presents. Ooh. You know, and he's like, you're wrong. You're wrong. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm going to block you. <laughs> I don't need to be told I'm wrong over and over. Like, it's, it's, but that, chill out, man. Like, that's the lazy. That's the laziness of it is that he won't give his argument. It's just, no, no, I don't like your opinion. So, no. Yeah. Like, I'm not religious. I'm, you know more spiritual than anything you know mm. um, but he was very religious he's like uh, i just <laughs> there's just no no point of having a further conversation so i think it's wild that you um cop hate it's it's <laughs> I, I, yeah, I got an interesting instagram page you know <laughs> yeah well that's i was thinking about it the other day and um just having a squeeze over cuz i was looking for a photo of um seeing you perform live recently and i was like actually there's not that uh, many there there's a lot of the social stuff you, i was like oh you could you could you could tell you'll, you'll go back in time and it's like there'll be nothing yeah. there's a point where i'm just like fuck it i'm posting this i don't care what people think you know what i mean <laughs> like lot of photos of myself you know like i'm gonna talk about real shit you know wars and um hung like hunger dying kids and shit you know, like, it's, like, it's a lot of problems in this world man. it's and like just because though. it's not in your, it's, it's not in your backyard you don't care mm. you know well also it's needed it because be. to be honest i don't need to see more photos of food on my instagram <laughs> so, yeah right yeah unless it's a nice vegan uh, you know it's good it's good <laughs> and i think that's the thing so i mean just keep fucking doing it man like i, I love it <laughs> thanks man. Yeah. Um, i appreciate that thank you now, John, before I finish, I always wrap up with a segment called Pick Your Poison. Now, what it is, is it's kind of like a would you rather. You have two options and you have to pick one. Now, yeah. you're allowed to give a reasoning behind what you pick or you can just say it and you just we just move on to the next <laughs> one. Okay. So I'm curious. <laughs> it, gives, it gives people a kind of a gauge of kind of what makes you tick in certain things oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> so um first one vegan options of course would you prefer a pizza or a burger oh vegan options um yeah probably the burger okay a nice vegan burger you know would something you... about pizza with no cheese is just doesn't really yeah, it's whatever well, <laughs> yeah it's a bit of a weird one, that isn't it? It's, but there is there is the fake cheese though. Yeah, yeah, a ton of veggies on there. But I've been eating these nice vegan burgers at this place. It's fucking bomb. You can't even. It's just fucking amazing. So, 
I love that shit. Burgers, yeah. man. <laughs> Next one is, would you prefer Chinese takeaway or Indian takeaway? Probably Chinese. Okay. I, I do like Indian as well, you know, but yeah, it depends how greasy the fucking Chinese food is, you know? <laughs> Some of that shit's pretty greasy. <laughs> now, are you a beer or a whiskey man? Well, I drank a bunch of beer last night. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what do you got you know you got whiskey let's drink that <laughs> you got beer all right hook it up <laughs> would you would you prefer to cook at home or go to a restaurant probably cook at home okay yeah i like i enjoy cooking right oh no at least i know what i'm getting you know i know what's in there it's nice to go out and eat but you know at least there's more vegan, you know, vegetarian options these days. But mm-hmm. I love cooking, right? Just buying a bunch of fucking groceries and cooking up a storm, you know? Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, do you prefer... Now, this one's going to be a weird one because you live in Canada. But do you prefer the beach or the snow? <laughs> um, right now, I'll take the beach because <laughs> it's fucking cold here, man. <laughs> like, it's like, I think it's was negative 30 something today or something retarded or i don't know with a wind chill i don't know it's there's there's a lot of snow here right now it's the coldest it's been in a long time so i'll take that beat i kind of miss the fucking sun i'm not getting my vitamin (laughs) d right (laughs) um now this one i think also would be obvious but are you a cat or a dog person Dog person now, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I turned into a dog guy. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with I, that. I, I, um, okay, now couple of movie ones. Do you prefer Terminator or Predator? Terminator, hell yeah! I was a big Terminator fan, man. Like, <clears throat> I think I found Terminator One when I was a kid in the eighties on a VHS tape. I'm like, what's this Terminator? And you pop it in the VHS player. I'm like, holy shit, yeah. this is badass. You know, is, this, is this what the world's going to be? You know? <laughs> Hell Bat- yeah. Batman or Superman? Probably Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I think Michael Keaton is Batman to me. You know? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not old, right? Like, mm. I grew up on the Michael Keaton Batman. Because there's so many different Batmans, right? Well, now, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? Now, so Batman Returns, yeah. Star Trek or Star Wars? Oh, fuck. <laughs> can I say neither? Yes, yes, you can. Yes, it's so rare. I, I'm, I'm grateful for that answer. <laughs> yeah, just not into it. Yeah, it's a bit... It, uh, I'm neither as well. I don't, I don't get it. It's silly, yeah. I don't um, even know if it can go up there. <laughs> would you prefer South Park or Simpsons? Oh, South Park, man. Hell yeah. 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 Okay. They're fucking funny, man. Yeah. They drop some fucking funny shit and it's all like relative to what's going on in the world. <laughs> you know, like I, I grew up I grew up watching Simpsons, right? But no, South Park's the fucking bomb. <laughs> now a couple of music ones. Would you prefer Slayer or Pantera? Pantera for me. I was a big, big Pantera fan. You know, I like Slayer as well, you know, but I have Pantera, man. Hell yeah. Um, soil work or in flames? Soil work for sure, man. 
I was listening to Soil Work yesterday, rocking the hell out, you know? The new album? <coughs> I think I've listened to a bit of that. It's pretty fucking good, man. Yeah, and they're nice. touring right now. They're, they're fucking selling out shows. They're killing it, you know? Speed hit me up the other day saying what's up. I'm like, holy shit, you know? It's pretty cool that we keep, we keep in touch. He actually stayed at my house for a few weeks, and we, we worked on uh, recording together and recording bands. Wow. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, because uh, back in 2006, I introduced him to a girl in Toronto, and they hit it off, and he moved to Toronto, which is super close to me, and he was there for, I think, a couple of years. Wow. So we would hang out all the time, you know? Ah. <laughs> like, holy fuck, it's like my vocal idol, you know, <laughs> to hang out. <laughs> now he's a good friend, so pretty fuck. cool. Um... Oh, Metallica or Megadeth? Oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> I'm kind of on a Megadeth kick. <laughs> you know? I love Metallica, right? But fuck. I do love me some Dave Mustaine, man. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say that we'll say that one's a draw. Huh? We'll say it's a draw, that one. Yeah, that one's that one's tough, you know. I, I'm a big fan of the older Metallica shit. Yeah, I even like the black album. So even the fucking load is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I like, didn't really know that at the time, but <laughs> I like load. I, don't, and I think it's pretty. Fun. I like both of those. I'm, I'm yeah, I listened. I listened pleasure. to load the other day. I'm like, fuck, this is a good record. You know? Yeah, pretty banging. Like it's it's pretty decent. You look back on it now and you go, yeah, it's pretty good. Like, yeah, they got some good fucking hooks, good riffs. Mm. Some, yeah, fucking bomb record. Uh, last few is, would you prefer to be in a mosh pit? Or would you prefer to be up the back watching the show? Fuck, it depends on the band and it depends how drunk I am. You know, <laughs> 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 you know like if you're sitting at the back like, drinking beers and, and then fucking your song comes on, you're just fucking, I'm in, I'm going. You know? <laughs> like, like, I'll still do that shit to this day, man. You know? oh, I got to get up there, man. Rock out. You know? <laughs> uh, would you prefer to tour or record? I like the mix of both, you know, because if you're in the studio too long, like, like I'm in my studio every day, right? <clears throat> kind of like a little hermit, you know, it's like mm -hmm. I need to go out and see the world. So then I go and tour for a while and then I'm like touring and then I start getting tired, you know, just you know, playing shows every night and partying and <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to go back to my studio, you know, so it's, it's nice to have the mix of both. And um, so. now last one is CD, vinyl or downloading? I've always been a CD fan. It was just my era, you know, like mm -hmm. I started with cassette tapes, you know, I had the little little Walkman listening to my, oh, I think I had a, v, a vanilla ice tape back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> like the 80s. Oh, fuck. I'm not supposed to say that. Um, <laughs> but then I got into CDs, started collecting CDs and finding rare CDs. and Yeah. Um, but these days I just start down, I start downloading. I'll just download off of iTunes. Mm. You know, I don't I don't steal anything, you know. I always want to buy it, you know, because it's not really expensive, you know. No, it's not. It's I really cheap. I I bought the Monolith single. It was like a a dollar forty nine or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it was ninety nine cents here. Like, was it? Yeah. 
Yeah, so, I did like a pre-order. You got to buy your own music. <laughs> you have to. Nowadays, nowadays you have to. It's just part of it. Yeah, well, yeah. Who else is going to buy it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree though. Like, I mean, I'm, I still have, um, you probably can't, can you see that? I got one. Oh yeah, I can see that. I got one. Look and at that. Another one behind me, just full of CDs. Nice. Um, I've been meaning so. to make a nice big CD rack because I have them all stacked up in a back room, right? Mm. Like I need to clean these up and. I probably have some gold in there, you know? Yeah, I'm the same. I've looked in mine. I look at them every couple of days, and I just go, fuck, I can't believe I got this on CD and blah, blah, blah. But oh, nowadays, oh. You, you you take the advantage of getting mm -hmm. the album straight away um, through the yeah. iTunes. But, yeah, it's a weird, weird climate we're in. Um, it is, yeah. I used to go to the record store and look. You know, I've had people contact me and say, I just bought your record. I didn't even know who you were, but I thought the album cover looked cool. Wow. You know? And then it's like, you know what I mean? They're just looking through metal CDs and, you know, because I have friends who would just like buy a random CD, hmm. you know, which is pretty fucking cool. And it's like, oh, that album looks like it'd be bomb. It's got cool, cool artwork. So that's what? the good thing about CDs. You just find new stuff and then you put the CD on and you can hear the whole record instead of just hearing a clip, one song or a little clip on the internet. You know, you give the the band an actual chance. You know? Well, that's how I used to discover a lot of bands myself was like based off the artwork or the label. You know, you'd look at it and you go, "Well, that's Metal Blade." Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll grab exactly. Them. So, yeah, like Threat Signals, a Nuclear Blast band. You yeah. know, like, well, they they must be good because all these other bands are killer on Nuclear Blast. You know, so that's that helped us out a ton. So, um, John. That was fucking sick, man. That was good fun. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. Hell yeah. yeah that was good <laughs> It's fun. good timing because my phone's almost dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> i got to say, man, like really appreciate it. And um, yeah, it was just fun to just have a chat. And um, thank you for taking time yeah, out, man. No, no problem, man. That was fun. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah.
So that was my chat with John of Threat Signal and Monolith. And at the end there, you also heard an absolute classic jam from Threat Signal, which is titled Rational Eyes, and it's off their debut album, Under Reprisal. Now, guys, if you haven't yet discovered Threat Signal or you can't really remember if you know them, now's your chance. Jump online. Maybe go to your record store if you have a record store. See if you can get yourself a CD. Delve in and discover everything John has done. Also, make sure you check that new band he's in that we've mentioned in that interview that's called A Monolith. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram. I think you can also find them without a doubt online on things like iTunes and Spotify. Make sure you follow that band. That band will fucking blow up. Mark my words. Thank you, John, again for coming on the show. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. And dude, hopefully we get to hang out and catch up when you finally get to Australia. Thank you again, John, for coming on the show. So that's it for the Mosh Zone episode 53, all done, all dusted, all wrapped up in the fucking can for this week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that we need your help to get out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget, you can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.